Before we get into today's episode, we have brought some answers to your question. You said you would like to study in Europe? Come study abroad. CSA can get you registered in one of the top government accredited university in Georgia. And no, there is no English test required. And they have all programs from undergraduates to postgraduate and PhD programs. You can contact them by phone at plus 995-593-304-153. You can send them an email info at c-studyabroad.com or find them on the web at www.c-studyabroad.com. Now, let's get into today's episode. Hello, hello, people. My name is Ayomide Fadmi. And my name is Wansaliatia. Welcome to A Flight from Africa podcast. On this journey, through the lens of all the identities we behold, we share our stories, our truth, and how we leave our differences. In the world that taught us being too different, it's not welcome. So journey with us right here on this flight. A, a flight, flight from, from Africa! Africa! Hey, hey, people, how are you guys doing? Oh, my God, I know you guys pretty much missed us, okay? And I'm pretty sure you guys enjoyed the latest episode that we had out. You guys, I mean, the Valentine's, the, I mean, Charlie, what did we talk about again? Last time. Call her daddy. Calling daddy. (laughs) Calling daddy ageism in dating. So I'm pretty sure you guys, we saw the comment. We saw people, it it felt like that episode hit home for some people because, some people who've been picking and choosing in terms of dating because this person is older and this and that, sub, you know, consciously and, you know, subconsciously doing, making decisions like that. But we're happy we're able to bring that to you guys and saw the engagement that we got on Instagram from you guys. It'd be amazing. Thank you guys for sticking in the corner. Man, it's just amazing. You can see the smile. I, I mean, if you see my face right now, you'll see how I'm smiling and giggling, okay? And even Ayo on the, like, she just, I mean, blushing. As in, Charlie, look at this girl. But yes, guys, hey, we have so much thing to dab in today. But before we do, we have to talk about our week. You know, we cannot do anything without talking about our week, guys. Okay? So, Ayomi De Madamo, Ginger. <laughs> hey, how's your week been? I mean, how have you been, Charlie? Hey, hey, podcast family. Hi, Tia. Girl, you see, I'm so happy because, you know, there's so many reasons I'm happy. My my week has been great. You know, I've been favored and highly blessed as it's been, yeah. you know, this, the beginning of this year, basically. I've, I'm filled with testimony. But I'm so excited about today's episode. I know it's not being recorded yet, but I can tell, like, I'm excited for the future of how today's episode is going to end. The fact that we have a guest, you know, I'm super excited. And I'm I'm just excited about the growth of this podcast too, you know, that we took the leap to start and how well it's growing, how well people are supporting us. It's just, you know, just happy all around, just joy, joy, joyful. You know my name. Ah, I don't think people know. So if you're not Nigerian, let me, let me just use this to like tell you. So my first name, Ayomide, actually means my joy has come. That's why I'm always so dramatic on the pod because I'm so full of joy. All right, how, girl, how are you? How was your week? You see, I'm blushing, Charlie. <laughs> I mean, 
I mean, my week has been pretty amazing. God has been yeah. faithful. I can't complain. That's you know, now I'm actually I'm on the Hallelujah Challenge. Mm. This yeah. time is going. Just we we're gonna have this talk, guy. Now it's like we're talking. You know what I mean? And yeah. it's like things are falling off on the other side. But hey, I'm still focused, center. That's good. No, nothing is gonna nothing is gonna distract me from where I want to be. That's but I'm grateful true. for that. I'm grateful for. Natana Basley for doing this because this was yeah. the perfect time and I'm happy I was able to join and I'm still happy I'm part of it so yeah good. everything trying to balance everything but I'm grateful for where God is taking me I can't complain yeah. I'm healthy I'm blessed awesome. and talented. and I'm you know just like that <laughs> yeah, just, just like that when I'm calling you you're double dating you're dating you're doing it and now it's what no, you're grateful God is doing it I'm sorry, I'm saying God is doing his thing, you know, in the relationship world, in the spiritual world. In the, I mean, physically, physical mentally. I yes, mean, I just had to he refresh just my sentence. He just, he just been awesome, yes, awesome. And even with that being said, yeah. we have even best listeners of the week because I don't have a lot. But yeah. we talking about, hey guys, you know we love you guys, okay? You guys are amazing. Yeah, like, they are. going down... I don't want somebody to be left out, okay? So we love each and every one of you yeah. for your engagement. Um, we're, I mean, you guys are amazing. We're happy. So stick with us because we're not going to disappoint you guys, okay? I, mean, I think they will, though, because do you listen to yourself at the beginning of every podcast? Like seven days after, it's yeah, like, we miss you. I really, really miss you people. You're always missing them. I'm like, I'm already, because you know, after one week, you like, you have to miss them. And then you miss them again. You miss them. So you have to let them know, like, hey, I'm connected. Okay. Yeah. I love you guys. I miss you guys, you know. Yeah, yeah. So, and I know they miss us too. So apparently, that's a good thing. And today we'll have something juicy for you guys. Mm-hmm. This is something that, you know, it's that type of thing that when you want to talk about it, it's kind of like we're talking that clique, you know, they, and even in, in our culture, you know, we put in a way like, oh, this is who I am. This is who I am. I know, guys, you, you really want to hear the topic, but I'm not going to do that. I was the one going to introduce the topic for today because it's, Ooh. I mean, it's spicy. Ooh. And we have an amazing guest on the show too. So Ooh. I want to leave it to Aya to do the introduction and hey. Stay tuned because things about to get hot. Okay. <laughs> truly, truly, it's about to get hot. Guys, we're so excited about this topic. No, you know what? I'm gonna leave it to the audience to decide what the best topic that fits in the episode is. But I can introduce them to what the topic should be surrounding. So it's about the disconnect between African and African and African Americans. You guys know we're immigrants, right? You know what we do on this podcast. We tell our story, Definitely. we tell other story, and we talk about how we can be better as individuals and as a people. You know, Africans in the diaspora and African back home, back home. And today I'm so excited about our guest, actually. First of all, my favorite thing about our guest is because she's a woman. I know I'm kind of discriminative. I'm sorry. I'm always doing that on the podcast. Like, and knowing she's an advocate for women. Like, we already know this podcast is hosted by two women. There's not a lot of women hosting podcasts, actually. So to know this is a woman-hosted podcast. And we have another just awesome, positive lady, like, I remember me and Tia when we met her, just full of energy and positivity. And you guys will see for yourself, like, this is not me butchering you up. But this guest of ours, uh, her name is Miss Makita. She's a graduate of Hampton University, a historical Black university in Hampton, Virginia. You know, she's the yeah. CEO. 
of Princeton royalty and is known for our role as an advocate of, for women, like I said. But one thing I remember clearly about how we met her was about our conversation. It was just effortless. And, you know, the conversation took so many routes. We didn't want to keep it to ourselves. And so we wanted to bring this conversation to the podcast. We want to hear your input and we want you to also be a part of this just awesome, great conversation. So guys, please welcome with me Miss Makita! Yay! Welcome, welcome, welcome to the podcast. Welcome yeah. to the podcast. She's gorgeous. That, nah, we there's gonna be videos on Instagram for sure. Cause this she's eye candy. I'm sorry, no sexual assault here, but your eye candy. We gotta share you to the people. You know what I'm saying? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> hi, hi, welcome to the podcast. Hi, ladies. How are you? Hi, world. How are you guys doing? I'm so glad to be here and I'm grateful for the opportunity with these two lovely ladies. Thank you so much. Thank you, you for said, honoring I us. said she's a positive woman. You can say everything I said about her, you but she's about to review everything with the way she talks. And, and she's she has this way of uh, involving herself in intellectual conversations. You guys are about to find out. I'm not even going to say anything anymore. <laughs> Let me leave it for the people to find out. So how are you doing today, Ms. Makita? I am well. Thanks for asking. It's been a busy day, but hey, I'm relaxing with my ladies now, hey, and I'm yeah. ready to have this. Uh, I'm ready to have a conversation. Um, we yeah. call it the elephant in the room, ah. but I think it's a great topic, and I'm I'm happy for the world to kind of um, embrace this topic with us, um, understand different perspectives, and respect different perspectives. And I'm glad that you ladies um, have a platform to be able to talk about this topic to kind of like kind of cushion. You know, cushion it, making it more, you know, um, easier for to, to, for people to like kind of confront this topic, more comfortable to talk about this topic, and maybe maybe um, embrace who they are. Yeah, definitely. So we're yeah, excited. You might, you might you might walk around with a little pep in your step, like, oh yeah, that's me. I'm her. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I do you want to take it off? Yes, absolutely. Uh, so I, I, we met her as Ms. Makita. So I know there's more to her and there's more to her name than that. So I'm her to introduce herself, what she formally goes by to the people. Please tell us what your first and last name is. Yes. Yeah, so I am Marquita. So funny thing is, I, okay, so my name is Marquita and my dad, um, is. I have two, three sisters and one of my sisters is named Sade. So the first two of us, he named, named us after, after African princesses, right? Wow. So, wow. Um, but it wasn't until you got one thing, you got to travel to get culture. Let's, 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 let's let that be known. A lot of people are in a box because they don't travel and they don't get outside their cities and their states. But anywho, that's another topic. But it wasn't until I came across some of my African sisters and they were like, do you know how to pronounce your name? And I was like, yes, Marquita. They was like, no, it's really Makada. And they were like, it's an African name. So those who know me or my African friends, they'll go Makada. So it's Marquita, but it's pronounced Makada. And I actually have African, Ethiopian, Eritrean friends named Makada. Oh, wow. differently. Wow. So wow. it's Marquita Clawson Barnes, but it's Marquita Barnes. I've just recently married. Um, Congratulations. So and yes, I am a native. Uh, well, honestly, just to give you guys a fun fact, I am actually, um, um, I was born in London, so I have dual citizenship. Ooh, so oh, wow. 
Yes, but I was raised in Virginia and I transitioned to Atlanta in 2017. This is my home. It has been my home for honestly since 2009, um, but I made the full transition in 2017. Um, I am a graduate from Hampton University. I love my, I love my school. Yes. And um, another fun fact is prior to um, finishing college, I actually traveled the world by working with Norwegian Cruise Line. So oh, wow. I, yeah, I travel a lot before then, then I did too. I took a sabbatical. I really didn't know what I wanted to study in college. So I was like, you know what? Let me just travel the world because once I settle down, once I start living in adulting, mm-hmm. I won't be able to travel as much um, while I'm in my grind period. But of course, you know, you learn as you, you get comfortable in your careers and that paycheck starts coming and funds start, you know, opening up. You can travel more later on when you get older. But during that time, I was like, it's grind time. So let me get my fun out and just get to know me. Because when you're growing up, you got your family, your mom and your cousins and all around. You really get to know yourself after high school to jump right into a career. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to get to know myself to find out what my niche was and what my my passion was. So that way I don't waste my time in a career for years that I hate. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's just pretty much it. And I've been in property management for over 13 years now. And, I'm the owner of Pristine Realty and I do want to give a shout out to my husband's clothing brand. Um, he is a fashion designer for Goldfeather. He is going to be, mark my words, the number one top designer in Atlanta. So, Yay! Hey. Speaker resistance, yes? Yes, okay. but John Barnes, yes, shout out to him. He's a hard worker and he's a great husband and father. Oh, Aww. wow, wow. Thank you for introducing yourself that way. So you're not just cool, you're like cool, cool. You're like cool, cool. That's, that's like cool. double, double, triple cool. I know, that is super cool. No, I was actually going to ask you, did you ever do your ancestry test? Do you actually believe in that? Yes, we did. So yes. So I am, of course, 31% a Nigerian. And um, I was, I was like, yes, I was like um, 18, I know 18% Cameroon. Wow. Oh, wow. That's wow. cool, because I was going to tell you to represent all the zip codes. I know you already told us about Virginia, ATL. You don't travel to London. London. London, yes. Gosh. And dad, you're Nigerian, you're Cameroonian. You're like, you're literally the definition of being the citizen of the world. Literally. Yeah. <laughs> that's cool. Yes, you are. That's that's awesome. So are uh, you guys ready for the serious, serious, serious part of this? You know? Yeah, I'm definitely ready. I'm ready to be educated and just listen because mm-hmm. I do think that this topic requires to listen. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're, we're lacking in society today because no yeah. one wants to listen to each other. Yeah. Everybody wants to listen to respond instead of listening to learn and absorb. And, you know, everybody wants, I listen, okay, let me respond versus, yeah. okay, let me listen and see what you have to say. And if I have to respond, mm-hmm. then, but at a, but the, the most important thing is just to listen mm. and then learn and see the other person's perspective, not just to respond right away. Yeah. So yeah. that's what we're going to do. We're going to respond, but the first thing we're going to do is apply our listening ears, okay? So I hope you listeners who are listening. Oh, you see that, round? Listeners are listening, Charlie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we on something. And I think uh, this is a little more exciting because you graduated from a from an HBCU. So mm-hmm. it makes this even much more powerful to me. So I can't uh-huh. wait to hear what Ms. Makita has to tell us today and also what Tia would have to say on top of it all. So um, 
to get started, uh, you identify as an African-American. I'm not sure because you're also a citizen of the world. So I'm curious, <laughs> what do you identify as? <laughs> yes, I do. I identify as African-American. Okay. Um, Tia, do you, because this is actually interesting. What do you identify as? Like whenever you have to, have to write a bio and stuff like that, what do you call yourself? Uh, <laughs> I mean, um, Averin, like, like, Averin or Averin Liberian. Okay. Because uh, whenever I have to write my, there was a time I, I struggled because um, I just put Nigerian, period. And then I joined the military. And then I could not hold dual citizenship. And I was just American. But whenever I moved into spaces and they asked me, what were you? And I said, only American. It was weird to them because I'm heavily accented. Like everything about me said African, yet I was not claiming anything African. You know, so yeah. I was like, so what do I go as? Nigerian American? But I get, well, now I'm kind of in between. So like whenever <laughs> I have like poetry and stuff like that and they need a bio, I would say Nigerian American because I do hold those yeah. cultures and so I, like, I, definitely i also put american though because i yeah. i'm a u.s citizen so yeah. i also take that with pride because it's i and the history that's infused in the the fact that i'm a citizen it it comes with so much burden people work for that for me to be able to have it even if i'm a liberian or uh, avoran or whatever i take that with pride as well yeah so i think it's all about balance yeah Sorry, please you know, Yeah, no, no. I was like, you know what's interesting coming from the um, African-American perspective, especially the business round. Yeah. Um, a lot of the times, like you said, you said you have a heavy accent yeah. and you said I'm American. Mm -hmm. You know, it's so crazy that some people, um, they are not American and we they, they, they understand when we challenge or if they feel challenged, like, where are you from? I get, I go, I go through it a lot in the, in the industry as far as customer service. Wow. Where you just kind of ask non-business questions like, oh, you know, I hear your accent. So I go, oh, where are you from? And then you go, oh, I'm from New Jersey. In my mind, I'm like, <laughs> oh, you really? <laughs> That's a New Jersey accent. And I think a lot of the times, I think it's, I think it's one of two things. I think one, it's because I was not, because a lot of people will have accents because they were raised in a home of accents and that's just the accent they, they got. So yeah. they're, they're really, I've never been to Nigeria and mm -hmm. I've lived in New Jersey all my life, but all my family, or I lived in Nigeria community. You know how states have different communities and yeah. they've been surrounded by it. So they picked up all the accent and all the lingo, right? Yeah, yeah, but they've yeah. never been there. So it, they're kind of like, I am from New Jersey, you know? Yeah. Um, I don't have an accent, but I am from New Jersey. Sometimes it's also like, I'm American. Because I have dual citizenship, and that's what I'm claiming right now. And yeah. if I tell you anything else, you're probably going to, you're asking that question for a reason. What's your intention? Right. Mm -hmm. So now I'm going to be defensive, you know? Mm -hmm. And then sometimes when you ask and they're like, um, I'm, I'm, I'm American. And they are from, like, they literally just came over here. It's because they have a mission. And you're not going to keep reminding me why I'm not here or you're not going to get in my way of what I'm trying to accomplish because you're trying Ooh. to find a reason to pull my card. Yes. Ooh. Yeah. 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 So definitely. People are defensive sometimes because they don't know people's motives and you don't know, like I said, what they've been through. Maybe the last time they told somebody that I was something else, they got discriminated against and they lost a loan. Mm -hmm. Or they weren't they, you know that you know what I mean? So it's just like kind of like none of your business. It's whatever I tell you. Accept mm -hmm. it. Yeah. Accept it. Because mm -hmm. if you tell me you're African American because you sound American and you've made me coach yourself to sound that way, I have to believe you. 
So believe what I'm telling you. Like I'm a believing what you're, that you're telling me. That how I know you're not lying about what you're doing right now. You're just a fraud. Right, right. So I'm, believe me as I believe you. Mm. Wow. So yeah, yeah. You gotta. You really have to have an open mind. It takes a lot of self growth mm-hmm. to understand both sides of the perspective yeah, and just yeah. learn how to read the room. Mm. Yeah, you gotta Definitely. read the room. Yeah, absolutely. Wow, that's cool. That's <laughs> that's really interesting. Yeah. So that idea of identity, do you ever think saying African-American embodies all that you are? Do you ever feel like you're leaving some of your identity out by just saying I'm African-American? African-American? Because you're, you're like from London and you're from all these other countries, right? So when you when they say, okay, so what your, what's your ethnicity or where are you from? Like people usually would ask and you say, I'm African-American. Do you ever feel like that is enough? Or you're leaving out some some part of your identity that like there's a need to tell. Mm-hmm. If I'm being honest, where I'm at in life now and what I experience, I'm embarrassed. If I'm being honest, mm. because um, when I'm growing up, you were African American, right? Mm. And that's all you knew. But with the society, and especially being in a melting pot like Atlanta, like. Okay, it's equivalent to being African to me is equivalent to growing up with big lips mm. and people joking you and then growing up and li- people are getting injections to get the lips that you In have. The lips. Right, crazy. Exactly. <laughs> so I feel like growing up, it was embarrassing, but now it's like to be African is cool. Yeah. Like to know where you're from is like to be cool. And it only works when you're in places like DC, mm. Atlanta, mm-hmm. um, you know, New York, places where there's a melting pot in African mm. culture. Yeah. It's so much sauce in Atlanta with African culture, you know? Mm-hmm. So to me personally, um, I hate the fact that I do not know where I'm from. Mm-hmm. And um, I, 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 I have a lot of African friends. Mm-hmm. So they can, you know, I love the, I just, knowing that when I go to them, they have a culture. It's the, the way they greet each other, the way they, they, they handle each other, their, their, cel- their celebrations, their, their personal holidays the way they treat their elders, the way that men treat the women. Like, I love the culture. Mm-hmm. And like, to be African, to say, oh, I'm African-American to me, to normal people, like white people or Hispanic people, um, or sorry, Caucasian people. I'm sorry, guys. I don't want to offend anyone. <laughs> Caucasian people or Hispanic people, um, to say African-American seems right. But when I'm, a, when I'm addressing an African person, I'm embarrassed to say African-American because I feel like to them, it feels like you don't know where you come from. And to me, I'm like, most likely you grew up in your country mm-hmm. where your grand, where your first generation, second generation, you know where you come from. Mm-hmm. Whereas I am a descendant of an immigrant and I have no idea where I came from. I'm just- You, you definitely feel judged by saying I feel them. judged by Africans. So they'll, cause they'll ask you, they'll be like, where are you from? <laughs> And I'm like, yeah. I don't know. They were like, you look Nigerian. <laughs> and I was like, can I, can I pass? He was like, you definitely look like our people. Mm-hmm. And so that's what me and my yeah. sister were obsessed with it because, like, when I was around and like the culture, like when you get around African culture, whether it's Ethiopian, where it's Nigerian, whether it's Cameroon, you just feel the the power and like the the royalty. And that's why I know we're not going to get into the facts, you know, but I know. In our DNA and in our down our line, we were royalty because the way we carry each other. And if you don't believe that, look at the Africans. The Africans, mm. they hold themselves up like they are royalty. 
Yeah. And to me, I feel like when we see African American women, I hope I'm not I'm not gonna jump the gun. I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna wait. <laughs> but I'm gonna wait for you guys to bring that in. But like I know what it what well you have to have an open mind and you have to have a, a um a mature mind mm-hmm. to understand to identify what you see when you see another African when you see an African woman and what her what her stature is, you know. And so to me, to identify as African-American, I feel like um, I don't have an identity as far as my culture. Wow. And it's it's so interesting that you said that because when I'm filming my applications and it just have Black or African-American on there, I'm always trying to put other, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I'm I'm always trying to put other because, okay, yes, unless you just say Black, because I'm like, it can be general. You can say we're all, we're Black. We say African American, it's like, okay, I can take the African part, but even though I'm a US citizen, but it just feels so uncomfortable and I feel like this is not all, all of me, no. right? It mm. still doesn't define who I am yeah. in terms of like how I identify, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can I'm African American, I can be an African, maybe American. Yeah. And then I then I have my like during heritage, and I also have my African heritage. And and there's more. I'm just saying those two yeah. just yeah. for that. And it's kind of, it, I always struggle with it. And sometimes I'll go put other and I have to write it in Yeah. just for me sometimes. But these days I'll just check it off and just be done with it. Cause I feel like they don't basically include a lot of, there's not that much of inclusion. Um, mm-hmm. Making these documentation, don't consider other people who have different like identities, like more than just one, just yeah. the same way they apply with the, your sex and stuff. Mm-hmm. Or this and that, they create space for that, mm-hmm. but they don't create space for the most important thing, right? Right, so it's like okay, you're giving something, but the thing that is important, you're keeping away from people mm-hmm. to really know who they are, to express who they are, you know, with pride. But the other things, it's like it's kind of like this is more important, this is not important. Mm-hmm. So basically, they're taking away your identity, but they're giving yeah. you something else because they want that to be your identity. That's yeah. how I feel like when I see applications like that. I'm always thinking through the process, but I'm glad that you said that. I get it because I've had I have African American friends who also feel judged, and that's why this conversation is important. Where it's like, do you think there's a disconnect? I do think there's a disconnect in terms of like how we grew up, because your environment forms who you are. It helps you form your decisions and stuff. So, yes, African American will be defensive. You know, I went to high school and somebody told me. Well, that's why you live in trees. And, you know, an African-American told me that, right? I did have, I do have an accent and I'm proud of that. That's a funny thing too. I don't, I don't try to hide my accent. I do have a thick accent and I'm proud of it. And I'm happy to, because I've, you know, incorporated the American accent a little bit, but my accent is still there. And this girl just told me, well, that's why, you know, and for me, I looked at her, I'm like, okay, this is my sister. But at the same time, I'm from Africa. So in my mind, I have been pre, you know, conditioned in a way where I'm better than you. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. let's be honest, we Africans, we are taught that. Don't be like that, that um, these, we call them in Nigeria, so the Oyugo people, in Liberia, so the white people, you know, the American people, right? So try not to be like them. You have your identity. They teach it at home. I can't attest to that. Don't be like them. Don't be like them. And that brings that division in the first place because you're being taught that at home. So when you go to school or you meet somebody, you don't give the opportunity to really have an open mind. You're close-minded because you've already been taught that I'm better than you. 
so when somebody comes to you, so when she said that to me, my first response was, well, at least I didn't come here in chains. That's the first response I gave to her when she told me I was, so, that's why you guys are monkeys. Yeah, she told me I was monkey, you know, we sleep in trees and not even knowing my background, like, I don't really know what, I haven't really experienced suffering like other Africans have experienced because I was privileged enough, but she's not knowing that because that's what she's been taught, right? At home and you know what, the media also, have, we'll get to the media aspect of it, right? So she was portraying what she's already learned in, in books, or in what books. Taught, right? So for me too, coming from my experience, I'm like, well, this is it. And up to this day, I regretted saying that out of anger because I was angry. And that's what a disconnect was because we didn't give each other an opportunity to learn, you know, from each other's experience, right? Because one person feel like they're better than me because she's in America. I have an accent and I'm thinking I'm better than her because I feel like I have an identity. I know who I am. I have my family. I can go back home if I don't want to be in America anymore. Mm-hmm. So there's that thing. I know what you think, though. Yeah. Um, of course, like I hear so many things you say, and we're going to go deeper into what divides us because a lot of what I hear, you know, uh, what the media has portrayed, environment, what this person thinks of you, what you think of this other person, that's all like part of the many things that divide us. But going back to identity, right, which was like, I want us to end that before going into the next thing is, so uh, my niece, right, my niece grew up in America, you know, she was born in America. And um, she writes poems. She, she writes poems too, and she tries to pass them by me. And so there was a poem she wrote, and she was talking about how she's African American. And I said, "No, you are not African American." So you know, I, I was asking Ms. Makida, you know, earlier what she thinks of that, of encompassing the identity. Like when I think of the word African American, I think it's a powerful identity of itself. Maybe it doesn't entail all, but to be able to say I'm African and I'm American, although I do have a lot of things against it, I'm not going to lie, because when I came to America and I realized everybody's American, why do they need to separate this person? Because like even the Caucasians people too, there's something American. They're not like, what makes them think, that was my first idea, right? What makes them think one person is 100% American and the other person is not American it's enough? Not. But the other people were probably who built America. So who are they to divide them at, at something? But also when I think of African-Americans, I think because they're people that carry history with them, it's necessary yeah. for that history to follow them even in their identity. Like, so when you say African, they're not just people who just, you know, appeared in America. It's a history that brings them to America. And Africa mm-hmm. has to exist somewhere in that history. And that's why mm-hmm. you go by African-American. So when somebody gets up and says, I'm African-American, it means somewhere in her generation, our ancestors, the people before her, were enslaved, went through slavery too yeah, yeah. before they became American. So when my niece looks at me and says, I'm African-American, even though she is born in America, I say, no, you cannot be. Because there's this power that comes with that history that you don't carry. We have our own history. There is this history to us that we're Nigerians and we have a story that comes with us. That's the story you can tell. And you can also tell the story about how you, this Nigerian girl born in America, but you cannot carry the story of an African-American. You can't snatch away the identity because there's something about that identity you relate to. You have to carry your own identity. There might be similarities, but it's never going to be the same. You know, so um, that that's just my say about. So it. you basically, uh, the experiences are different. So it's always going. And to so be I maybe appreciating the differences. That's what you're saying. Like appreciate yes. that well, versus this. Yeah, well, versus trying to take that and let people enjoy it, and it shouldn't be yes. like a problem. Or oh, 
oh no you're trying to save that you're trying to differentiate you know mm-hmm. say no this person is more this this person is more that i i think that's a very yeah. key window but it can be a slippery slope though what do you think i mean i think that on paper is one thing but that's only when it matters like on paper is one thing but to be the day in and day out uh, african-american compared to an african girl is totally different side by side is totally different <laughs> yes uh, the culture the 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 accent the the views um everything identity it's all different because we are african-american which like you said, we were enslaved, we, we, our ancestors were enslaved, but we're, we've embraced the American culture, whereas you guys have stuck to your African culture. So it is kind of like we traded in our identity and took on another culture. It's like you being um, African, right? But you were raised around Jewish people. So you embrace the Jewish culture. So you claim Jewish, you celebrate their holidays, you wear their attire, you do everything they do because you basically trade it in your religion for their culture mm. or your culture for their culture. Yeah. So it's like to us, I feel like because we didn't know, it's like, well, I don't know. So I'll just be part of your team. Yeah. Mm. Whereas yeah. you guys are like, no, yeah. I'm Nigerian. Um, I know my grandmother. I've heard the story. I spit, I sat down at my grand, my great grandmother's feet. You know, I know I, I've been to the country, you know, I know where I come from. Like I can come over here and identify if you want me to be African-American here. I can identify here. That's, that's what y'all call it here. But I am Nigerian. Mm-hmm. Like my blood line is strong, you know? Mm-hmm. So it really, a lot of African, like I, I told, I remember having a passionate conversation with someone and I told them, I was just like, well, they were like, well, why don't you identify who you are? And I really got, a, at that point, I really became very, I was mad because I'm like, you grew up in your country. You know where your mother, who your mother is. You know who your great-grandmother is. You know your, your, your native language. You know your native foods. You know your holidays. Like you grew up on this culture. I can't say the same thing. I can't change that. Like I can't change that. I can go to my grandmother and I can talk about right now where we come from. You know what she's going to tell me? She's going to talk about North Carolina, South Carolina, where all of them grew up, but none of them can go back to the day Hmm. of where they came from. Yeah, yeah. They only know the American culture of where they came from. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They don't don't ever talk about, um, and you you know, honestly, as far as African-Americans, you know how far as it goes? I'm night. I'm I'm Blackfoot. I'm Cherokee Indian. That's all we hear. Mm, yeah. But I, growing up, I never heard about. Oh, you're Nigerian. Oh, your grandmother was Nigerian. Um, my husband, he found out from his family that he was um his 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 family was from Ghana. Mm. So he was excited about finding out that information. Yeah. Because you okay. want to be able to identify with something. So he'd be like, Yeah, I'm from Ghana. Like, you know, that's where I'm from. And when he found that out, he will, he sent it to the top of the mountains. I am from Ghana. <laughs> My family is from Ghana. Yeah. I mean, so I, I wish that we talked about it more, but we don't because like you said, how the people in America, especially the black African-Americans now growing up, things have changed, but how they would identify you if you were African. And you know, what's so funny. You talked about that girl calling you African or talking about you being the monkeys in the trees. But even if we were African growing up, they would still call us African booty scratchers. Hmm. <laughs> so, 
yeah yeah and, and getting yeah. that the thing is I, I really do think like being african-american itself it's an identity and i think with that identity you can say i'm purely african and you can say i'm american like that identity i think right because i'm not african-american but when i look at that identity i think it gives you the ability to you can switch it up you can decide yeah. you know what i'm african and that's what i want to claim and with that identity you can also say you know what i'm american you get to be on either side of the cone but For on sure. the other side like as an immigrant i can't that's not an idea to say i could ever claim i can just decide i only want to be only african or i only want to be only american like that's not possible for me but i think for africa like that identity already embodies so many things it already embodies where you come from so if somebody hears african-american and they still don't think you have an origin then they got a history and their knowledge wrong that means they don't know the power that identity itself holds mm -hmm. but which which makes me which makes me want to dive into what really divides us so to be able to say you know you're only cameroonian and you're african-american why is this why is this division continually happening why is there always you know this is who you are you're african-american i know that is that's all that it is why is there you know you're nigerian and that's all that it is why are we so divided as a people why are african-americans and africans never seen eye to eye you know because this is really a big deal in our community you know what I'm saying? What do you think about this? I think it dates back to history of how America separated us. You know, mm -hmm. you were, if you were, you can only deem the name African-American if you were in America, you know, so it separated us. And then people probably felt like I was better because I am African-American. Whereas the real fact is, if you really know your history, we can't see, I mean, this is a very heavy and deep conversation because mm -hmm. it, it goes back to history. Mm -hmm. And I understand and respect both perspectives. I remember earlier you were saying that you guys were taught that, you know, you were better if you were from, um, you know, Africa. So you had one up. But the reality of it all is like, if you know your history and if you know that we were queens and kings, it's kind of like, you think you're better, but you don't even know where you came from. You're sitting here taking this, let, being belittled, and letting them call you African-American when you are really royalty. Mm. And you don't even know. You don't even know. You're just walking around here saying African-American, which is diluted because you're African. And African trumps any American. And I say that not to say that one is greater than the other because that's why the division came anyways. Mm. But the fact of the matter is, don't strip away our history, though. Mm. Okay? Don't say that I'm better than you because I'm white or I'm Hispanic, when everyone knows that we came, from, we were kings and queens. Mm -hmm. So I feel like a lot of the um, African women feel like, like you don't know who you are. And you basically sold yourself for, for a title. Mm -hmm. And you don't even take the time, how irresponsible, not even take the time to find out who you are. And if you really embrace, because I feel like, I live by the phrase, um, if you don't, you don't, if you don't know who you are, you have to know who you are to know where you're going. And you have to know who you are, whose you are, you know, to know who you are. And knowing that culture is more than just knowledge. It is who you are. And if you find out, you go down the line, down the line, down the line. My dad likes to tell me that, um, um, what, did he, what did he say? He said that we were never slaves. We were um, an indigenous servers. Mm. 
So he was like, we were never slaves. And he makes sure he always tells me that we were never slaves. We weren't slaves. Our history, we were never slaves. The Carlson, we were never slaves. So just know that. But when you don't know who you are, you, it's hard to know where you're going. And that will, that's your legacy. Mm. Because if you find out that your grandfather's grandfather, father's father, whoever, was definitely a business owner or inventor or owned many a land or was a, a top theologist, who knows, in a, you know, or, or empire or king or queen, and that is your legacy, you are selling yourself short and you've been, maybe you suffered through depression, maybe whatever, you belittled yourself, not even knowing who you are for real. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, yeah. I, yeah, I think even when she said what divides us, you can say media, like that. I don't blame yeah. her calling me that because that's what she was told. And yeah. you know what I mean? so, and that's why I really took the time when I came to the U.S., and when I had the opportunity in high school, I definitely went and did a march, you know, across the Selma Bridge. I did. I went there twice. You know, it was very important. I wish I could do it over and over again, because every time I did it, it meant something to me. It was just it was more than me just being an African. It was like I and that's why I appreciate the opportunities that I have now, you know, because it wasn't done by bread and butter. Everybody wants to come to the U.S. because there are opportunities here. But sometimes yeah. we forget that people put a lot. It, we're basically riding on people's shoulders and back people who basically died for the opportunity that we have now now we can just go ahead and just say anything that we want to say and the media also doesn't help the situation at all but i will leave it like that because i know it's it's just it's just a whole lot of things and also too i think sometimes we talk about history we forget that oral history is also important not just written history right some of the history that i know was done was transmitted to me through oral history it wasn't written you know because maybe my, my granddad was a king you know um so right now my grandmom i can go to her room i call my grandma because that's my mom older sister so she's the old, one of the oldest in the family who kept, who was she sat at my granddad's feet like just absorbing things and she recorded it. He, he was basically saying it orally and he was saying it in our, our native tune so my grandma has like sometimes when families come to come to Atlanta, they just go there and she will play it, and he would just talk about the story. He would talk oh about. Oh my gosh, history. that is amazing! That's how. That's how I I got I got to know more about who my granddad was, and no, no, because I know I have a huge family with different names. So sometimes him giving that kind of helped me out a little bit too when I'm meeting people that have a different name than my mom's, you know, than I. And they said that's your cousin. That's this. I'm like, okay, this is what granddad was saying in his, you know, when he was, when this oral history was being done, but my grandma was smart enough to recall that, you know, his daughter was smart enough to recall that. And one of the things he always did was sending them to school. He didn't, he was a king. Everybody trusted him with money. He didn't go to school. So when he always said the rich people, he said the white, when the Congo people, because the Congo people was basically people that were shipped back to Africa, but they settled in Liberia and Savileon, but most of, most of them settled down in Liberia. Mm -hmm. So we call them the American Liberian, right? Mm -hmm. And they have the American and then the Liberian because it was infused because you had native, native people already there. So called the American Liberian. So they were considered the educated people, mm -hmm. right? And basically they brought back the mentality also from America, like the way they were treated, they also treated the native people the same way, right? 
So mm-hmm. we call them a miracle librarian, but being my granddad was somebody of caliber, when they came to the village, he said, I don't want anything, just send my, you know, educate my kids. Mm-hmm. That's all. And that's the best thing they did. My mom, my auntie, all of them went to go to, you know, live with them. I mean, they weren't treated the best, but all because of education, they were able to take everything in. And that's why today I have my family. I have a lot of educated people in my family. And that's how the standard, because my granddad said that standard from the beginning. And we've just been following it since then. Mm-hmm. So I think oral history is also important. Yeah. It just don't have to be written. So right now, I think our generation should do that too. Like even the history that we have now with BLM and all of these things that are happening around us, we can also narrate it to our, the next generation like orally. We can write it down, which is good. But orally, when you have it here, nobody can take this from you. We can tell the papers. It can be torn, but nobody cannot take your brain from you. Very true. But we should get in that mentality as well. Very true. Yeah, that's powerful. Man, you that's know, very powerful. I would love to hear those tapes. Yeah, yeah. I'm telling you, that's like sometimes I'm like, and I'm like, okay, it's in a native tone, you know, in my dialect. Yeah. So but my grandma, she loves stuff like that. She would start explaining. She's always happy. Like mm-hmm. sometimes when she's getting depressed or something, she'll just listen to her dad talk yeah, about yeah. that. And that that helps her get back to like get back up and stuff like that. So speaking of the, speaking of native tongues, do you ever, um, how do you feel about speaking your native tongue around African-Americans or just in general? Good question. Well, for me personally, I try to be considerate of people because, because sometimes when I speak in my native tongue, I don't want somebody to think that I'm talking about them because that's the person that comes to mind. So usually I basically adjust when I'm in the environment. When I'm at home, I will speak it. If, like, for example, if I bring a friend home who doesn't speak my native tongue, I always tell my sisters around, like, okay, let's speak, let's speak what she would, he or she can, you know, understand. Please let not speak the language. You got, if I'm home, you can speak it to me. You know, mm-hmm. I don't want them to feel uncomfortable. Right. They're already feeling less of a person already. They already, people already have their burdens, you know, a lot going through their mind. And then when they come over and you're speaking the language, it, and they, they feel like, like we've been talking, we're talking about this and they feel like mm-hmm. they don't have an identity. For sure. It just works in the situation. So I yeah. try to just in my environment. I try not to speak it around people who don't understand what I'm speaking because I know what that can do to somebody yeah. who's, already, who, who's already having a problem with, with their identity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I definitely try to adjust. What do you do, Ayo? I speak. <laughs> I just talk. First of all, I'm going to talk. Second of all, like, so um, when I think of like African-Americans, like I'm never, I've, I, I don't think about how, you know, I don't think too much for them. So I just do me. Cause like I've always met, since this is so funny. I feel like I've always gotten the best side of the African-American narrative. And that's why I don't have so many negatives to say about the African-Americans. That's why I get in fights with my friends all the time when they're like, you don't get it. You don't get what I'm talking about about these African-Americans. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I work with African-Americans. Like we're everywhere. I'm surrounded by African-Americans and I've always gotten the best of them. Yeah. So when it comes to language and they're so embracing of your language, actually they want to learn. And it's the yeah. fact that they're like, eh, wow, wow. Like I literally knew a guy who's trying to learn. Like, 
it wants to learn Yoruba all the time. Now it's still the same after like what three years, it's still not gone far. But still, it's like I'm comfortable around mm-hmm. them. I don't think too much for them because even for other Africans, I don't think because other Africans are there that don't understand my language, it doesn't stop me from speaking my language. At first, when I was new to America, I was very conscious of other people, all right? I don't want to be too, I don't want them to think I'm, you know, talking about them. I don't want them to feel disrespected. But I, I was like, you know what, this is home. If I'm too cautious in my home, because America is already home for me, as much as I don't want to say it, or I feel like uh, I'm disrespecting my culture, by saying it america is home this is what it is and i must well get comfortable i must well be able to speak and feel comfortable and whoever gets uncomfortable by that i don't know i can't help them you know yeah so that's just me you know i i don't know if it's right or wrong it's just me so i mean but you know ao when you were when you were saying um something you said kind of stuck out when you were talking about um the type of african-american women you met but to me, um, just like there's different type of Caucasians or white people, yeah. there's different type of Africans too. Yeah. Because you have your Africans who are like you. Mm-hmm. And they, like, I have like a majority of Africans that I've met. I'm like, you, I feel how you feel about African women mm-hmm. that you feel about African-American women. I've always met great African-American women who embrace me, who wanted to show me, they were eager to show me their culture. Um, show me their dances, take me out with them, go where they go where they party, party with them, party like them, everything, weddings, like embrace the whole culture. So I've always had African women who are like, no girl, come on, that's how you do the dance. It's what you say. When I say this, it's what this means. Mm-hmm. Just like we do like African girls, like this is what this means when we say this and you learn. Yeah. So it's so funny because you'll get some African women who are like that. And just like racist white people, you'll get some racist African women who are like, no. Yeah. Uh, like, yeah. I can't party with the peasants or like, yeah. yeah. you know, it's yeah. funny because and then, you know, I have African friends and it's so funny because it wasn't until I got older that I realized that African women view us the same way black, white, white people view us. Ooh. And I was like, it was so shocking to me. I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You guys look at us like, like white people look at us. Because she'll be like, she'll, she'll do things like, ew, I hate when they come in here with their eh, 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 all ghetto and their neck and doing all this. She was, she's African. And I was like, but you're black. Like, you're African too. But yeah. she'll be like, I hate when they put their tongue out. They, I hate when they put their tongue out. Oh, when they be all ghetto, they be broke, act like they got money. And I'm like, you sound like a white person talking about a black person. Mm. And I, it, was, it was at that point I realized, sis, we're different. Like, as much as I thought that we were relatable, we're different. And you know that we're different. Mm. Yep. Yeah, that though, uh, I can't blame them. And unfortunately, that is not even just African women. So, you know, what? the last thing we were talking about is what divides us. And, you know, I actually wanted to mention something. Like, if I ever think about what divides us, which is probably what created what you just said, is that because we all view each other with the colonizer's eye. I've always called something yes. the colonizer's eye. So Africans um, look at African-Americans with the eye that all the people that are none of us, that are not part of our community, they're neither African-Americans 
or Africans, that eye that they used to look at African-Americans with the stereotypes, these misconceptions that are not necessarily true. And that's supported by the things you ladies mentioned, like history, like nobody's teaching us this right history about African-Americans. So these misconceptions are left just the way we, they are without education to learn them, right? So we're still looking at African-Americans without colonizers. And African-Americans are doing the same to Africans. You know? They're still thinking, I mean, things are changing. No lies to that. Things has changed a lot compared to the, when I was still young and new to America, right? But um, African-Americans also look at Africans with that perception that colonizers used to look at Africans as just barbaric people, not necessarily educated people, but thanks to time, right? Thanks to how far technology has gone to review, you know, the good things that these different communities actually hold. So it's not for us like doing the work. Okay, we're going for it. Time is going, but how are we adjusting the social distance between ourselves? Right? Already, yeah, yeah. things are already showing itself that African Americans, that's why we're having this kind of conversations. That yeah, African Americans yeah. are more than what you know media has portrayed them to be. What these misconceptions, what the previous people, older generations have told us about them, we're seeing for ourselves. So we're learning, right? But we're, and we're relearning. So it's like, what are we doing right now, you know, to adjust the social distance? I get what you mean, like, Miss Makita. I really get what you meant by, you know, uh, that African woman, you know, perceiving African American women this certain way, you know. But I'm saying it's the same way. You'll be surprised, like, it's literally the same way on the other side. But so, which brings me to my next question. What do we do as a people to bridge these gaps? We come together. Yeah. We come together and we educate each other and we respect differences. You know, why do we have to look at separation? Okay, you have an accent. Oh my gosh, I have this. Why does that even matter? Because I'm going to be honest with you. When you date interracially, you don't care about him being white? Mm-mm. Nope. When you did it, when you when, when you when you bag a Spanish man, you don't say, "Oh, he's Spanish." You, it's it's a flex. Mm, yes. So why can't me embracing my sister be a flex? Why can't me understand the culture? I'm gonna be honest with you. When I started hanging out with African people, I lost a taste for hanging out with American people going to American clubs. It's totally different. You know why? Because when I went to American clubs, women sat around looking at each other mm. up and down yeah. on their phones, not having a good time, came to be cute. When I went to the African clubs, it was like, if you ain't trying to have a good time, don't come over here. <laughs> so not only, not only that, but not only the African culture, but the Filipino culture, a lot of the Asian cultures, the men take care of the women. Mm. Whereas when you go to American clubs, the men are trying to buy you a drink because they're trying to go somewhere else with it. African men does it as a courtesy. This is my culture. This is how I respect you. Mm. They want to make sure all the women are good. Not because we're trying to get with y'all. That's because we take care of y'all. And I want to. I want everyone to have a good time. I want. We're gonna be dancing. We're gonna be having a good time. There's no hating. Now nothing's all perfect because we are. You know, yeah. there's drama everywhere. But the, culturally, it's different. Mm-hmm. And once you, I'm like, it's, it's like they say, once you go black, you never go back. Like once you go African, to me, it's like it's so, it's so different. Like it's hard for me to party. At, it's hard for me to party with Americans. I'm be honest with you. Wow. No, because I, haven't met, I, haven't, I feel like, and that's how you know, like I said, we don't want to get too deep because it's a whole different topic. That's how you know. You got to know where you come from. And if you don't know, it's in you. Because when you, like, 
Okay, y'all. Cyber world. Every African-American out there listening right now, when you hear drums, you, something, something in you. Yeah. It's like something in you awakens. Like, it's just like, why, why, why am I feeling this? Because that's your roots. That's your roots. Definitely. And we're drawn to it. But when you hear the beats, when you hear the native la languages, when you see people having a good time, and you know what's another good thing culturally? A lot of American music are talking about disrespecting women, smokes and drugs. Half of the African music is talking about love, losing love, the one that got away, loving their country, loving their home, my country, my people. That's what they're talking about. They hardly talk about, and they talk about woman is more so about a, a admiration about a woman. So when they talk, you see them doing gestures in the club. Americans are like this. They're more like this, you know, because it's a love. And that's the thing that people don't understand. You can learn a lot from your African friends to how to embrace each other in love. Because one thing about this, African-Americans are divided, but Africans stick together. Somebody knows, somebody got the answers and you can learn a lot from each other. Because mm. they'll say like, you know, white people, they look out for each other. You know, Hispanics look up for Hispanics. African people look up for African people. I've seen my Africans not know somebody, get their money or shirts off their backs because they were African or from their country. <laughs> and I was like, why are you helping him? What are you doing? He was about to get in the fight. I was like, what do you even know him? She was like, but he's from my country. And I don't want to see him go out like that or get arrested. Oh, that is so. That is. I guess but African Americans is so much hate, and I think they try, they tried that with the Africans. They were like, and it's kind of like, girl, I love my sisters, I love my African people, but like you know, I don't know how to embrace you. But you know, it's kind of like I'm, a lot of the times people match people energy. Like, oh, is that what we're doing? Yeah. You know. So it's just kind of like operating off of love. I mean, if we're, if we're talking about spiritual, like we want to operate like God. We want to operate in love anyways. And if anybody is my, my color, regardless of where you're from, we have a history that was shared. Yeah. So we don't, we can't find any, um, anything that's in common. Our skin color is common. Hmm. Our history is common. Because yeah. whether I came here in chains or whether you grew up where you were you from, so you were never slaves, you understand some type of way in your village, you know, there were some type of wars or something oh, where yeah. we, can, we can find a common ground. Hmm. We can talk about discrimination. We have more similarities and differences. Yeah, because at the end of the day, when a cop is pulling you over, you're black. They're you're black. African. You're, they're, you're they're black. Not African. You're, you're black. African. You're black. Okay. And to be honest with you, accent or not, they hear, they hear whether they we have an American black. accent. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I, and this is so true. Yeah. Actually, when I find myself in new spaces, I, I, don't, I could care less whether the person is African or African-American. I'm just looking for somebody that looks like me. Like when I'm looks in like a new environment, I'm like, yes. is there anybody here with like, girl, yes. Like I, you know, I, <laughs> I went to this church to babysit mm. and, and I was the only black person there. Yeah. And then guess what? One black girl walk in, yeah. we just pick. That's and right. It, we it was just an eye contact. Yeah. And that was it. And then she came. She's like, I'm happy you're here. I'm the girl. I'm happy you're here too. <laughs> I'm happy you're here too. <laughs> <laughs> what was it? You're a girl. I didn't even care whether she was African. Yeah. Or, like, I didn't even care. 
hey, you're black, we Gucci, right? Okay. That feels so comfortable. Yeah. And guess what? We end up clicking out. Like mm-hmm. after we started talking, we exchanged contact. Simple. We yeah. didn't care about if she was, I didn't care if she was, I was African, you know, she's African American, I'm African. But you couldn't even tell because we're just talking like normal people. Yeah. And I, I think we make a bigger problem or we let other people get into our heads. Mm. And also the media, which, yeah. and also our environment too. You know, when you're talking about the dancing and stuff, it's because of the environment the person was raised in. Our environment mm-hmm. also contributes to the way we respond to things or react to things too. So it's not mm-hmm. just one of those things because African, they're dancing that way because of the environment, because of where they were they're brought up, you know, and versus in America, the story is also different. And that's that's why she was you you were saying, let's embrace the differences. If somebody wanna come in and put their hands up, let's let's not see it as, oh, they're not culturally right. They're not culturally mm-hmm. what is culture? Mm-hmm. You know, how do you know yours is right than the other person? Yeah. That part. All yeah. because yeah. you don't act like them doesn't mean yours is right. Mm-hmm. All because they don't act like you doesn't mean yours is, you know, yours is right as well. How about you guys interchange? How about you adopt? But you know what, though? You know what? We, you're right. And it's because we are the only culture that is always, they're always pushing change on us. They don't ever say, hey, Hispanic, don't talk with your accent and be so dramatic. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't say, hey, white people, don't be so articulate. They're always saying, change your hair, change your talk, change yeah. this, change that. No one else's accent acts to change. We are the ones being constantly changing. Yeah. Even if if you're white and you're Russian, they don't say change your accent Mm -hmm. because your skin is fair. So you already passed. You already passed. And now now you're exotic. Mm. Yeah. And you don't have to change. You don't have. And then sometimes, I know we talked about that identity thing. You know, I think sometimes African, when an African-American say I'm African-American, sometimes in our mind, we're thinking like, why are you trying to fit in? They don't even see you as an American. Uh, They don't even see it. You know, it don't matter either I mean, way, sis. <laughs> yeah. So they don't even see it as American. So for us, for me personally, when somebody say that sometimes, I'm like, I see the way to treat African American. Mm-hmm. I'm like, why do you want to be American? Just embrace your African. It doesn't, you know, for me, in my mind, sometimes I'll go through that and then I have to get myself back again and be like, okay, I get it. But for me, it's like, they're not accepting you. Mm-hmm. They don't care. Accept your Africanness. Because there's some African American who be like, no, I'm not African. I'm American. You know, they'll, they'll, they'll take the African part, but no, I'm not oh. African, I'm American. Mm. You know, and so in my mind, I'm like, no, you're African. You should accept that because they're not accepting you. Mm-hmm. We're mm-hmm. one, you know, and I, and this is why I'm like the African Union um, Union right now. They're in the diaspora. They're letting people to go back home, you know, go back home. They're embracing people. Like we had, they have this program come, right? Where but, people are yeah. can go back home and connect with people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Connect with their, their group. If you're from Ghana, they take you, they tell you about your tribe. And they cry. If you're from the rich, you know, call, you know, kings, mm-hmm. they take you there, they, they crown you, they give you a name and all of those things. Yeah. And it feels good. And then there are some people who are just not for that and it's fine. But you and know what though? As a coming from my perspective, excuse me. It's hard for me, not hard, but I don't understand. And I think that it's like, um, it goes with the saying lead by example. And I feel like it's hard for white people or other cultures to respect African-Americans being one or um, respecting each other. When I look at TV or I listen to my friend from Ethiopia talk about what's going on in Ethiopia right now and it, with their own people. 
Yes. And I'm like, how can we deem respect from other cultures when we are raising hell in these countries against it's nothing but us there. Everyone there yes. looks like, like, like each other. And y'all are in wars. Y'all are killing. What the, the things that I heard was going on in Ethiopia. And I'm sorry you guys can blurt these things out. But as far as raping young girls, their own people, raping young girls, sticking objects like nails up their private parts, like torture, to the point they can't even come outside at all because they're going to get snatched. And you're doing this to your own people. Yeah. I'm like, how can I talk about coming together and wanting other cultures to respect y'all when y'all raising hell in y'all's own countries? And it's y'all all look alike. Yeah. Y'all have no one to blame. You can't say white, black versus all that like they can in America. Y'all are like, y'all should be one. Why is it that this country over here is, is so undivided with white with white culture and they're so tight knitted, but yet y'all y'all dominate and, and control an entire island? You don't have nobody like a white person ruling your your continent or your country. You don't have anybody. You know, of course, there's other ethnicities ethnicities there, but you dominate that island or that continent, and yet you can't get along. I guess I, I I would say I don't think it was it's a color thing. I would say it's a, a human human nature. The human naturally we're weaker. Um, we whether you're white, black, stuff, we have that innate in us. The heart of a man is wicked, right? So that is not like a color thing. It's just our nature. It's we were born. You know, that's why we have a savior, depending on what side people stand on, if they believe in the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ or not. There's a reason why we need our savior to save him from, our, you know, to be saved from, because we, we innately, we, we have a wicked nature. The heart of a man is wicked. And that's something God line and say, okay, do not trust the heart of a man. Cause we're, you know, naturally like that. So it's, I don't think it's a, it's, it's a color thing. You know, mm -hmm. it's, it's not because we are black because black killing blacks, you know, it's not because they, it's the heart It's the heart. That's mm -hmm. that's where one of the problems um, derives. It's not about the color. And even in America, it's the heart too. It's not because this person is, I mean, that also play a key role in, you know, with the color thing, but the heart. Yeah, I will say this. I am glad that we, that times have changed because my son growing up will never know like the, the difference between African and American. Yeah. You know, the culture has been embraced. I'm yeah. glad I, I strategically moved my son to a city that was a melting pot. So it was diverse. So when he's in school, he has African friends. He has Hispanic friends. He has Asian friends. He has white friends. He has Jewish friends. He has all types of friends. And so he never understands or no color. I was a military brat. So I never knew. I never looked at people like color. So when people were like, oh, you like this color or you like that color, I was like, I just see a person. And I don't care if you black, white, yellow, or purple. If you are good inside, you know, I'm attracted to you, then it's a go for me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The thing is, we'll always be different people. Like, we're, we're always going to be in an environment where something makes us different. Like, yes. if it's not our color, if it's not our culture, if it's not our ethnicity, something is going to make us different. So how do we exist in this world together regardless of our difference? And I think that's what um, America doesn't get when they try to compare African-Americans and Africans and when we start comparing each other. Like, 
we are different people. We would always be different people. Whether we were all from Africa and migrated together, like it's not because, oh, this person came way before me and he's like four generations deeper than me and I'm just one generation deep. It's like, irregardless of, you know, how many of your generations are like deep rooted in America would always be different people, you know, but how do we exist together irregardless of our differences? Literally is learning to embrace our difference. So when um, somebody comes and says, uh, an, an African-American or an, an African is better than an African-American because you know what? You see, you guys are more educated or you guys are more this. I'm like, don't you get it? Culture already, we have different cultures. Like for example, um, I remember like the first time I was in Florida for work, um, this person was like, so what do you do? And I was telling them about my degree and what I just done. They were like, of course. And they're like, where are you from? And I was like, oh yeah, I'm Nigerian. And she's like, of course you're Nigerian. And I'm like, what? She's like, yeah, you know, like all this accomplishment, you know, I hear good things about Nigeria. And that to me is not a compliment because uh, she came from a perspective of kind of comparing me to what they think of African-Americans. And I think we, you know, going into that topic of what we do as a people to educate the next type of people to be better in the world, to be embracing of other people is like- Is she African-American? Say again? No, was she, she was Caucasian. Okay, yeah so like as as people we cannot take compliments of them making us higher than the other we're different different does not signify better or higher what the people brought up yeah. different cultures <laughs> different faith you know nigeria in nigeria actually uh education is deeper than us it doesn't mean or yeah. uh, it makes us better it's just one of the things that as a child that's one thing it's a culture yes it's a culture yeah. So how do you look at me and think because I come from a culture where education is huge, it makes me better than the other person? Mm -hmm. Just like an African American, I, there's so many other things that makes an African American their culture, you know, that is deep rooted in them. And somebody will look at that and say, an African American is better than Africans. You see what I'm saying? See how mm -hmm. African Americans are thriving? No, it's something in their culture. It's from the culture. It's because of the culture. Or it could be like attributed to so many other things. So at the end of the day, we cannot take pride in the things that makes us different as yeah. this is higher. So using against each other. Like, yeah, yeah sure. it doesn't make us higher. It just makes us different. You it know, just, yeah. whether the colonizer takes it, it because it, they want to divide us and you yeah. just, like make us look better. No, it's us, it's left to us as a people to know now. Nah. So okay, you, know you know what's so funny, ladies? As an African-American woman against amongst African-American women, mm. that is something that I've always struggled with. Mm. And with African-American women, when I articulate, when I talk, the way I carry myself, sometimes you don't have to talk about what you do. Sometimes the way I talk makes it seem like I'm better than you because I'm not talking like you or I'm not coming down to your level. So when I articulate and I'm talking to you and you're using double negatives, you going off every other word is a curse word, but I'm talking like this and I come from, when I come with intellectual conversation, it's like, she thinks she's better than me. Or she thinks she, oh, she, or she's stuck up. She's bougie. It's, it's, I had so many of my African African American friends tell me later on, like when we first met you, we thought you were bougie, and I never was like. But like you said, you, you guys said that um, you were saying that you guys um, um, education is deep rooted in you guys, right? In, in your culture, right? Mm -hmm. 
So when I talk to you, you might make, because that's deep rooted, that's, that's your forefront. Like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm looking for this. I'm looking for culture. I'm looking for education. That's where my mind is at. Whereas I'm not looking for that. I'm looking for a good time, whatever I'm looking for. But because I'm looking towards that, it makes it seem like I'm, a, I'm, opposing, I'm opposed to what you're doing. But I'm not. It's just that we're in focus. You know, it's not, I'm not saying that I'm better, I'm different. I'm just, I'm just, I'm, we, we are different. We, we have different, we are different. We have different, but that's okay. Yeah. You know, we're different. And my thing is you can be yourself. Just be you. Because yeah. in this, especially in this industry, mm. in this industry, I've had my fair share of black women coming into my office and I'm going over my, my information with them. And they're like, Oh, they will even get as bold as mimicking me. We want to see, um, I'm like, <laughs> and I'm a huge advocate of getting on your level because I have to kind of break that ice because if I don't break that ice and find some common ground, then we can't get anywhere. So I have to kind of make sure that you're comfortable, that I'm not trying to be better than you. I always have to do that a lot with people. Always have to, you know, throw a little here, throw a little there, just to show you that like, hey, it's, we're on the same level. Yeah. yeah. Because, you know, it's, people don't understand. Being an articulate black woman, it's so like, you always get the, amongst African, African American women that you now, African women see it and, and, and admire it. But African American women sometimes that come from a different background are like, oh, she thinks she better, she bougie, she talk proper. Yeah. You know? And when some people say, like, I remember like they'll talk to me over the phone and they'll get to my office and they'll go, I thought you were white. And I'll go, well, I'm educated. Yeah. Or people say you act white. I'm like, I act educated because that's what I'm that's what I am. I'm acting like I am. Why would I act something I'm not? Why would I act ghetto? Why would I act like I don't have sense when I have sense? <laughs> That is so funny because a friend of mine just went through that. So she works from home and she's a customer service. And I, I think she was talking to a client and the client was trying because she recorded that. And the client was talking about, oh my gosh, you know, I don't really like the blacks. I'm, you know, they're not like us. And the person actually thought my friend was not African-American. But she was like, no, but I think because of the way, you know, she's a customer service um, associate. So she couldn't tell. I guess she couldn't tell from the way she was talking. Right. Oh, my gosh. Like, Ooh, what are you talking about? Like, I'm black. I don't get why you think black talk a certain way and things like that, which is it's just crazy. Yeah. And I think also insecurity plays a key role. Yeah. Oh, huge. Major, 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 yeah. yes. major. Yes, that that right there, that is a whole nother topic. Because no, seriously, a lot of times people always say, whatever you don't like in somebody is something that you are don't like inside of yourself. Mm, yeah. So a lot of the times when people look at you and see your dark skin, see your beautiful smile, and they see that you embrace it and you light up a room, you don't you don't belittle yourself, they are they like you said, they don't have that self-esteem that self-esteem and they don't have that 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 um care or um what is what is what i'm looking for they don't put themselves on that pedestal mm. so they don't exude that self-confidence mm. so because they see you like that they're like she's extra but it's just no you just are not comfortable in your skin where i am yeah i can be myself wherever i am like people always say marquita she's being herself i'm just being myself like if you know me i'm always be myself and a lot of people who are not comfortable like it takes people a long time I, this one girl asked me 
when did you become so sure of yourself? Mm. And she was like, you are just so sure of yourself. And I told her, it took a lot. Like, and once you know that with women, and that's why I said I'm an advocate for women, mm. once you know who you are, you have to build, and it's so cliche, ladies. People talk about, oh, you got to love yourself. You got to get to know yourself. But let me tell you one thing. Let me tell you, if y'all don't take anything away from this video, mm. once you find out who you are, nobody can tell you anything less. Hey. When you find out who you are and you believe in yourself, when you sold yourself yourself, yep. you can't call, people say, you can't call me ugly. You can't call me uneducated. You can't say I ain't got the sauce. I don't dress. You can try. I don't believe you because I've already told myself. And that's why when you, when women who haven't built that confidence, it can be broken down with a, you ugly. You ain't nobody. Nobody going to want you. Nobody going to marry you. You would never stand against somebody because you don't know. But once you know, mm. like, you know, that chair is going to hold you when you sit down. Can't nobody tell you nothing about yourself. And another thing I always tell women, because I'm an advocate of women. Yes, please. People say. always say, how do you know you're confident? When you can walk into a, a room full of women and not compare yourself to them. Say, say. Because your sauce ain't everybody's cup of tea. Like my sauce mm. is not everybody's yeah. cup of tea. If you are, if you like brown women, when, I, when, when, when Ayo walks through the door, you're going to be like, mm, 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 mm. that's my thing right there. Yeah. If you don't like brown women, you might be like, nah, I pass. Mm. But that's not, that doesn't mean that I'm not somebody's cup of tea. So yeah. I always tell women, don't compare yourself because her pretty ain't everybody's pretty. Mm -hmm. Yes. Our glory is different. I always say that. Everybody's Everyone is different. Beauty's on the, they always say beauty, beauty is in the beholder of the eye. So it's depend on what that person likes or what they don't like. Yeah. Yeah. And it might not be beauty. Some people might just see the inside. Like her, what do you like about her? And you can hear that person talk about that person and what they like about, and they might not ever mention color or any asset. It might be just when I first met her, she lit the room up. Mm. Her smile, her personality, her point of view, the way she represented herself, and she never let anybody tell her anything. Because one thing I always tell people, if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. Anything. Mm. Oh, definitely. Anything. So you, you have to know, this goes back to our culture. Mm. You have to know who you are. Yes. yes. And my favorite and thing you, about that is that you said we're royalty. And as African Americans, they have to remember your royalty. They come They're not just, you know, what they as deemed them or lowered them to be. They're more than that. And they have to search deeper to find what they really are for them to blossom in this world. And that's and, my favorite part. So please. And it shouldn't. It should yes. So, yes. I definitely agree. And it shouldn't really change anything. Okay. If you, you know, if you're Af don't feel like if you're called African or this or that, that means you're less of a person. Say, okay, I'm African American, you know, uh, or I'm African or I'm American and I'm proud of it. You know, don't be, because I think sometimes it's more of saying it and it's kind of like used to true another his that someone else who is not that way. So just embrace it. Um, yeah. Like embrace your differences, you know, appreciate that. Cause I have, <laughs> I've dated African-American, you know, and it was different, mm -hmm. right? And it was something that my family loved, you know, it was like, oh, it's different. And then it got to know the person, you yeah. know, the person, not just because they were quote unquote African, you know, American. And I met the person mom, great, great mom, you know, 
like the same way she like she I was like this I, for me I, I was like I don't see no difference because she's treating me as her daughter, daughter yeah. Like, yeah like we'll be texting back and forth like hey what's I, up I, how I, you doing you know high school like she was pushing me I'm like oh but then I, I didn't see no difference um in that because I got that motherly uh sort of love I mean, I'm not going to be texting back and forth my mom all the time. So there was something a little different there because, you know, African parents like, sit down, you sit down, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I saw that. I said, oh, okay. So let's not, let, I think we should stop stereotyping or following what people say. Mm-hmm. Like, and we make our, we create our own narrative from what people yeah. say. Instead yeah. of sitting down and making a decision. I always say, for example, right, me being a Christian wasn't because my mom took me to church. Mm-hmm. She took me to church. But when I grew up, I personally decided to follow Christ. That was a decision I had to make for myself. My mom taking me to church wasn't going to take me to heaven or draw me closer to Christ. Mm-hmm. I had to say, you know what? I want to know this person for myself. Yes. I want, you know, and that's the same thing I, I wanted to do. I didn't do it because, and my granddad did it for them. He was Muslim, but he told him, you don't have to follow me to the mosque. Choose. Which Find your own religion, yeah. Yeah, well, so have, my uncle decided to be an imam. That's just him. My mom and other side, just be, it doesn't change the fact that they're siblings. They still love each other. Yeah. Nothing changes, different. but they're just, yes. yeah, mm. they're just different. Mm. And and awesome. that's what we should, you know, don't just focus on, oh, we're different. You don't eat this. You don't eat that. Okay. Yeah, I really think we're so we're too, and especially as Africans, knowing I'm an African myself, so speaking of the other, we're too focused on our difference that we're letting it divide us instead of yes. Then yeah. I also, like I, I every time I'm talking about my positive experience with African Americans, they're like you don't get it. You've not been on the other side, other side of the coin. They can be so crazy. They can be this, and I'm just like, and all of it, it cannot be verified. It's just misconceptions that, you know, somebody has portrayed and we have not taken our time to unlearn or even verify. Or maybe one experience happened or maybe two. Okay, you had your experience in high school. I get that. People have had like really horrible experience, but we keep pretending like back home, people would not do the same to us, you know, because of who they are, not uh, because of who they are. class, class thing. Back home is more of a class name. It's either you rich or you poor. There's no middle class type of situation. Yeah. It's either you rich or you poor. So it's like the rich treat the poor as less than. Um, Even people of the same class. Like, yeah. Even with the rich people too. Yeah. But if you I have as much billions more than you, oh, you, even though you're rich, but you're not to my level. So yeah. there's so I think also it fit into that. And for yeah. me, I know it was my experience, but maybe because of what I was brought up, mm-hmm. I was told at an early age, my dad told me who I was. That's why sometimes when somebody tell me I'm beautiful, that's why sometimes you, you look at me, I, I'm like, yes, I know that. It's not like I don't I don't appreciate somebody telling me I'm beautiful and stuff, but I already knew I was in, that was installing me when I was little. My dad always told me, You're a queen, you're beautiful, you're elegant. Yeah. Like, and even up to this time, my dad still called me his queen. So I'm aware of that. So I'm not triggered when a guy don't tell me I'm beautiful. That part. Because I already know that. I don't need, I don't need you to do that. You're not gonna focus. But that's what they but those are the emphasis they put on African men, African American men. Raise these queens. Let them know. Because like what and I'm gonna be honest with you, the dad is great, 
But I think your dad telling you you're a queen is very important, but it hits different when your mom tells you. It's, enough, it's the first time, the first woman who gives you a compliment. Yes, definitely, definitely. Yeah, I guess and that teaches you how to compliment others. My mom growing up has, she's always complimented women growing up. Like we'll be in the like, you're so pretty. You look gorgeous. You smell amazing. So to this day, I emulate that. I'm always complimenting women because my mom complimented women all the time growing up. So I'm ne- I was never a hater. Yeah. Yeah. Women, your mom, I'm telling you, your dad is not going to teach you how to be a hater, but your mom will. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Your the mom way she does. deals with her friends, the way she teaches you. Well, they most common one in African-American society. They're going to be jealous of you, girl. They tell their daughters this all the time. Well, you got pretty hair. You got long hair. So you gonna, they're going to be jealous of you. That's where the name Like you said, how education is embedded in you. Those are things that are embedded in African-American girls. So I'm better than you. They're going to hate on me. So every time a woman disagrees with you, she's hating. No, honey, you're wrong. <laughs> you know, so I'm, I don't, I'm not hating on you. You're just wrong. But to be honest, to go back to the question that you guys impose is what will change? It starts with us. It starts with it starts with it because once you it all stems around self-esteem and insecurities. Once you identify who you are, in yeah. it, it's in the science, y'all. We don't when we when we meet when we meet Beth when we meet Susie, we don't start comparing ourselves to Beth or Susie. Her hair is different from ours. My hair is different from yours. We're different. We're different. Why do we compare with this person but not this person? Because we can't compare when we don't compete. Yes. Yeah. So we, we, we compete with, we, we compare ourselves to somebody we can compete with. But if I can't compete with Susie or Maya, I'm just me and you're just you and we're going to come together. But we need to stop trying to compare where we compete or, or we, we need to stop trying to compare where we don't compete. I and that's my motto. People say, why don't you ever, I never hate on a woman. I never hate on another female. I never hate on another woman because I do not compete where I don't compare. We're different. We're different. And that's not, a, I'm better than you. We're just different. We are individuals. Yeah. And I respect, I love flaws. I respect flaws. I love flaws. I, I know it's so weird, but I love flaws. Like a speech impediment, an accent, this uh, disorder. I love it. Because it's your individuality. It's what makes you you. And so when you, you, you can't embrace a flaw if you feel like you have flaws. I can only embrace that because I've embraced my flaws and I'm fine with them. Oh, okay. But when you're insecure, you look at somebody else's flaws and you bully. Oh, she can't talk right. Because you're dealing with your own depression and the way you look in the mirror. So you're projecting onto her. Oh. But when you have embraced yours, you'll see her shy and timid and be like, you know what, girl, you are so pretty. Oh, I like your outfit today. You will make her feel good because you once probably knew how that felt. Because everyone didn't just was, wasn't born with confidence. It was built up. But when you have a level of respect for yourself, you might see somebody who, who's lacking. And when you have a heart of God, you're going to look at them and say, you know what? Let me give her a I see she has her head down. She's not making eye contact. Like she's not really confident in herself. But let me let her know she's beautiful. She, you, you, you are smart. You are kind. You are beautiful. You can do it. Okay. You have what it takes. You are somebody. When you walk into a room, it lights up. You know, like you have to, we have to build each other up. And my thing is when you, when somebody has a nice outfit, let's stop this. When you see somebody with a nice outfit, I might see your hair and I like it. I'm like, dang, I want to do my hair like that. We stare. 
And that stare can be that stare can be interpreted to anything. It's it leaves so much room for doubt. So me staring. <laughs> or I can say, I love your hair. Right. And keep staring. But I gave the compliment already, so I can stare as much as I want now. Because <laughs> you already know what I'm thinking. Yeah. But what we do is that we just look instead of giving a compliment or just like. You know, and I compliment people when, she, when somebody comes to my office or I see them and they got it going on. I'm like, girl, you got it going on. Okay. I know you're here for this, but let me tell you, you came out today and mission accomplished. <laughs> what you were trying to do, it worked. It looks good. It smell, You smell amazing. You know, what does that smell? And then that right there will start our ground for conversation. I call it non-business questions. What are you wearing? Oh, you see something, you see the resume. Oh, you see their key tag that has a, a Georgia State. You went, oh, my cousin goes there. Now we now I embarked on a conversation and I'm showing you that I'm approachable. Most of the time we got the resting face where we don't even look approachable. So people don't want to approach you. So I think that we need to, once again, that's all confidence. When you exude confidence, you don't walk around with a frown, mad at the world, you smile. Your, your chin is up and it's a welcoming gesture. You're not closed off. You're not your head down talking. Yeah. Hi. That, that's not welcoming, but that, and that is an exude confidence. But when I'm like, hi, nice to meet you, making eye contact, welcoming you in, being hospitable. Those are things that's going to change. It's the action. And it's that you have to, once again, it starts inside. You have to build yourself up so that way you don't have insecurities. And we're all going to have, a, to a default, we're all going to have insecurities because that's just how we're, we're made. But once again, do not compete and do not compare. We compete so much. For what? They, they have us, this society and, and media has us thinking there can only be one seat. In a corporation, if it's me and you, we both can't be at the top. It's one of us. So now we're competing. Yep. They want to divide us. You know what I'm saying? They got us, they got our minds thinking that it's it's only one room for one. Mm. It's room for all of us. You, it's room for all of us. Mm. Definitely. So it's just like we have to come together mm. and like, okay. If we're doing a group project and we're doing something like I'm bringing you in, like let's come together. And when we show people that unity, they'll be like, "What's going on? What's go you know?" It, it sparks a change. Yeah, I agree. So I I think that you need to, we need to put the differences aside because just like any other culture that we embrace, once again because of insecurities, you want to you it's cuter to get with Becky than to get with Ashley. Because you know what I mean? No. Because you, you know what I mean? You, you can't compete with, with, with Becky. Nope. So I think that we need to stop competing mm -hmm. and we need to stop comparing ourselves because we are different. And once again, it all goes back to society. Bigger butts, bigger boobs, bigger assets, all these things. We're comparing our, ourselves against your body, but we never compare our body types against a white person's. I'm not gonna look at her and be like, oh yeah, I got girl, we ain't got nothing in common. So we could be friends, okay? <laughs> Tiffany. 
Definitely. But when a black girl sees another black girl with a nice body, it's like, oh yeah, she gonna steal my attention once again, self esteem. One of my one of my golden rules. Um, this is a secret I'm telling y'all. So y'all 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 take these notes. One when I'm I'm very um I have a very small circle, and one of my um one of my attributes that I look for in female friends, I will um feed you with a long hand of the spoon. I will be associates with you. Well, but you will not enter my inner circle and you will be not, you will not be part of my sisterhood if you lack confidence. Mm. You won't sit at my table. I don't do insecure friends. I like that. Because, or insecure women. Because I say that because if you're insecure, that is deep rooted. Mm. And as a friend and a sister, I need your support. And if you are a hater or insecure, how could I ever glow up or have a, or boast about something that I have accomplished without it ever being a reflection in the mirror of you? How can I have a husband that I know that adores me and admired me without you looking at him and putting your shirt down lower so you can get his attention? Cause I got something good. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. How could I ever lose weight without you saying, don't get too skinny mm. because I'm going to look better than you? Or how can I ever do better than you because I'm not supposed to do better than you? Mm. So I only hang around women who are confident in themselves, confident in what they got going on, and love to see other people grow growing. And that's hard to find. So that's why my circle's small. <laughs> wow! But it's hard to find. But if I if, if you don't have self esteem, that's one thing that I'm. It's, it's a deal breaker for me. I, I will pray for you. Okay. I will be there for you. But you won't sit at my table because that is very intimate for me. Mm. Totally yeah. understandable. Boundaries, man. Yeah, yes. for sure. Wow. Insecure women are dangerous. Mm. Are dangerous. So I, I I mean I'm here to build you up. And you know, eventually, I might, I might, I might remove some of those boundaries once I see something different in you. You know what I mean? But other than that, if you're not, if you're not confident, I, or if you're not secure in yourself, I want to say confident. I'm gonna say secure in yourself. I don't. I, I you can't sit at my table. Yeah. And I get that, and which makes sense. You know what you've been saying as a people. You know, for us to not compare each other, confidence is needed to be able to know yeah. I'm in love. She's enough. You know, to have just to just have that confidence. Yeah, it would be so much better, and there would not be so much clash between Africans yeah. and African Americans. You know, and would have grown past the stage that we're at right now because we're growing for sure. We're getting better. You know, we're more embracing of each other now and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm just so super grateful for all the wisdom you have shared today. It's, hey, girl. It's so powerful, really. Um, thank you for taking your time, you know, to share the words delicately, you know, to speak your mind. Thank you for being vulnerable on this podcast, you know. We really appreciate it thank you yes ladies it's been a pleasure Absolutely. i mean i don't i mean you you let <laughs> all the best that are doing it um cyber world you guys are definitely you guys I, i'm gonna be I'm, I'm a fan i'm a fan and <laughs> i definitely <laughs> shows. um you got you ladies have great topics beautiful inside and out and i look forward to your upcoming topics one topic that i do want to throw out there that i can't wait to hear about is um, dating within your culture and outside of the African culture mm -hmm. and um, financial upbringing. 
Because to me, I feel like when Africans come here, they be so financially stable. And I'm like, I get that, you know, you guys get like a fresh, clean slate, whereas like a lot of African, uh, African-Americans might have had, let's be honest, parents putting stuff in their names, so, you know, kicked out at 16, so they got bad credit, you know, bad, not, not taught financially, you know what I mean? So I want to, that topic is the topic I really want to hear about, is the African financial culture versus mm-hmm. the African-American. I want to see a disconnect there. Because it seems like when I see African American Africans come to like cities, like they have nice cars, they have nice houses, they are financially stable, they go to like private schools, and I'm like, what what, what are we not learning financially that they are get, getting a head start on? And I would like to dissect the differences mm-hmm. and like the no's that like are like you no. Or like how you guys are set up to to, to, to embark the world. Yeah. You know, like I said, a lot of African-Americans are thrown out at young ages, you know, homeless or in school and no savings. No, they don't come from old money. You know what I mean? So it's just like, I want to know the difference in how you guys are brought up like financially. Mm-hmm. And if it's savings, if it's like old money or in, like inheritance, like, you know, how are you guys financially set up? Mm. Uh, we can't wait to share that. That would be awesome. That would yeah. be awesome. We would definitely love to share that. But um, I can, like, definitely say two things up front. That would be short, like, in a line. I, I think, first of all, you know, like, uh, increase in household income also correlates to education level. And I think uh, because we come from a culture that is deep-rooted in education, right, which, of course, does not make us better or less. It's just the culture example, e.g. the Nigerian uh, community. And I think uh, the statistics so far showed like the increase in the uh, household income for African immigrants in the past years. And it's, it's been increasing so far because the education level has also been increasing. So I think that first of all, and I think what makes that even possible is because the thing is the Africans that you see in America, the African immigrants, the people who are here purposely for survival reasons so they're the best of the best from where they're coming the people who want to thrive who are like hungry like they're not the regular people who are comfortable in the country and you know spending anyhow the people who like they are moving away from where they know as their home solely for the purpose of being financially okay to be able to feed their family and i think that's what people don't know when they start comparing africans with many immigrants especially with many other groups of people now these are like the best of their best trying to survive going to better was like for them to leave their home to other places is like they're trying to get the best of it all so but we can't wait to tackle this topic and i hope definitely consider that that would be a yes. Just topic yeah. yes and another thing too before we leave uh we talked about the media i do want to put this out there a lot of people um talk about the media and what's out there um a lot of people african-americans have that preconceived notion about where africans are whatever because they don't talk about the great stuff I, it wasn't until i was older like i would say maybe like three or four years ago i realized how beautiful nigeria was and how half of their city makes atlanta looks like like our mansions look like huts yeah like it's such a beautiful country mm-hmm. you know and they don't that's not what they broadcast they broadcast little kids with bloated stomachs colonize his eye literally that's that's what they want colonize his eye but seriously seriously that's what they broadcast they don't show like 
the how beautiful Africa is and how much money and wealth and just sauce all in that country. They don't talk about that because once again, you can't say one without another. And, uh, and America is, is, is very, is very protective of that. And that's why they don't put Nigeria, Liberia, and they just African-American because then we have to admit that they're bigger than what they are. Mm, true. True. So we're going to keep it the way we're going to keep it because if we say we can't say one without the other or open up Pandora's box about, is there more? Because that's not the culture that that is not the history that we're building, and that is not the story we're telling. True, is that Nigeria is beautiful and there's mansions and 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 and, and gold and, and mines and there's rich people there. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna keep wraps on it because you're not gonna mess up our history. <laughs> Absolutely, they were slaves, and that's all they will be. <laughs> Just as. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. This episode, like, I've been shik- nodding my head and just, like, processing. And then I I feel like every episode we do, it, our perspectives start changing this, like, this, yeah. you know, because you listen to somebody else's perspective. And even the fact that Af- uh, I and I are African, we still have, like, differences, you know, and we think differently. So every time when she speaks, I'm listening. So now I'm getting your perspective on things. I'm like, oh, okay, now it makes sense. It makes sense. And even we can get another African-American here too. They might have a, a different, uh, come up with a different angle because they experience yeah. and they see the world differently through different lens. So I'm very excited. I'm happy that you actually came on and took the time out of your busy schedule. I am happy to be this, here, ladies. Thank you was, so much. This was amazing. Oh, wait, wait, sorry, sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, but go yeah. ahead. Yeah, before she goes, she's eye candy. People want to see you. They want to stalk you. How can we stalk you? Where can we find you? Well, right now, I am actually taking a break from social media, so I'm revamping that right now. I think I do it every year um, to detox, but um, it is um, underscore Coco, um, underscore Coco, C-O-C-O-A, underscore K-I, so Coco underscore Key. That is my um, page right now. I Once again, I am on a sabbatical, and I'm going to be revamping, but I will be um, um, launching my pristine realty, realty website and also my IG page. And also, if you're in Atlanta and you're looking for any homes, or if you are looking for a resource as far as a connection with anything, I am the plug. Do you find homes for us outside of ATL? Um, outside of ATL? Mm-hmm. No, but what I will one day. Okay. We can't wait. We can't wait because, you know. Yes. But ATL, we're here to support. And, you know, people are going to come from this point and support because this is what we do here. We support each other and, you know, we push each other to the next stage. So be expecting supporters from Fight From Africa <laughs> podcast because, you know, you're part of the family now. So thank you. Well, thank, you. Yes, thank you so much for having me. We're on the flight together. Yes, 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 yes. So Flight From Africa, that was a great flight. Yeah. <laughs> that you. was a great flight. I mean, I had, I had good snacks. I had my, I had my, I had my, I had my cookies. <laughs> that was a great flight, ladies. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Usually, before we end this podcast, we like to pray because there's nothing we can do without God. You know, He helped us to bring this together. So we're gonna end this part in prayer. Do you mind? Amen. And do you mind uh, giving us the closing prayer? Oh, I sure don't. Yes. Okay, we all go before God, please. 
Thank you, Heavenly Father, for this day, Lord. Lord, I ask right now, God, that you help us to understand our differences, God, and help us to embrace our individuality, Lord. Lord, I ask right now, God, you cover the ladies that are hosting this podcast from the heads of their from their heads to the soles of their feet, Lord. I ask right now, God, you continue to pour wisdom into them, God, and help them to show the world and women and people in general that they, we are all the same. I ask right now, God, you make their voices loud and clear, God. I ask you open up doors for opportunity for them, Father, and I ask you to continue to bless their podcast with listeners that are eager to learn and want to learn more, Lord. I ask right now, God, you to bless everything they touch, God. Give them the topics, God, and show them the way, God. I ask that they you, they see all of you, God, and none of them, God, and I ask you to exude in them, God, as they go about every day, Father, and making sure they put you first, Father. I thank you, God. I bless you, God, and I ask for prosperity, God. And once again, God, if we did or if we said or did anything to offend anyone, God, please charge it to our heads and not our hearts, God, because our intention is to love and share love, God. Amen. 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 Woo!